0: whatever you want to call it spending plan cash flow like however you need to mind trick yourself getting in tune with how much money's coming out and where does it go every month is so valuable welcome to
1: the big kid problems podcast based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have on an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another exciting installment of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, and I am super pumped you're joining me this week because we're talking about one of the biggest big kid problems I've ever personally had. We're, of course, talking about being broke. I feel like being broke is kind of like a rite of passage when you're coming into adulthood, especially when you're just kind of starting out and trying to afford an apartment on an entry-level salary. When I first started Big Kid Problems, I'd say 75% of my content was all about being broke because, honey, I was hurting. When I tell people about how broke I was when I first moved to New York City, I really don't even think they understand the extent of what I'm talking about. To give you guys like a general idea um, to start. I could not afford an apartment by myself when I first moved to New York. So I found a tiny three-bedroom on Craigslist with complete randoms. Um, And when I say tiny, I mean like a queen bed wouldn't physically fit inside my room. So I had to get a full bed and that even like that touched three walls of the bedroom. Like you could barely stand in there. And actually like thinking about it, it was probably a converted closet (laughs) But it was my closet, you know? Like I, I look back fondly. Also, I mean, not just living, but like eating was a luxury back in those days. I would, you know, skip breakfast, not by choice. And um, then I would lived off of dollar pizza. Like, thank God New York has dollar pizza. Um, that would be like lunch and dinner. Or I would take a packet of ramen and split it into two meals. Like shit was bleak. All right. Even to this day, you know, New York is known for its pizza. Like I can't touch it. Like I can I just can't go back there. It puts me in a dark place. Um, except Joe's, except if it's Joe's pizza. Shout out Joe's. That shit's delicious. But if it sounds like I'm kind of looking back fondly on some of these broke days, it's because I kind of do. Like the fact that I survived and had to be so scrappy really set me up to be able to handle almost anything life has thrown at me ever since. You know, I know that if I need to, I can get really gritty. And you know what? I'm pretty proud of that. So no matter where you are in your financial life right now, whether you're broke or if you're doing okay, I hope this episode makes you feel better about where you are. And um, good news, we are going to help us solve this big kid problem. I have on an incredible expert, Brittany Castro. She founded Financially Wise, Inc. And she is going to help us get super clear about where we are in our finances. We talk about budgeting, uh, how to handle debt, all kinds of unsexy things. But In doing so and talking about these things and in putting a plan in place, um, she just helps us get... She clears up this fear that I think a lot of us have when it comes to our finances. We also talk about changing uh, our money mindset, which I have to say, kind of blew me away. You'll hear me in this interview. like I even realized some things that I'm doing wrong when it comes to finances. And you guys, like I'm 30. So... Stick around for that because it's gonna be it's gonna be really informative. And I I hope that you guys will take um some some valuable lessons away from it. But of course, before we even jump into our expert, we're going to kick things off with our roundtable panel. Today we have on comedian Ren Woods and actress and blogger Katie Peterson, who spent years doing the struggling actress thing in LA. And trust me when I say they know all about the struggle. I thought New York was hard. And um, hearing some of their stories and some of the crazy things they had to do to stay afloat when they were pursuing um, acting is... I mean, it's, it's pretty hilarious, but also eye-opening. And uh, I think you're going to feel a lot better about your financial situation after you listen to this episode. So stick around and we will be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem podcast. I'm here with Ren Woods. She's a comedian and the host of The Ren Woods Show, which is hilarious you guys need to watch it and Katie Peterson who's an actress blogger and creator of the Rebel Blonde hey guys hi hey oh, wow i forgot to mention that we're stars and a listers oh yeah <laughs> 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 should we just start this over <laughs> all right well you guys are here for the help me i'm poor episode and which is great cuz i feel like you guys have, are both actresses you yeah. you probably know this struggle pretty well the struggle is real hunty
2: <laughs> is
1: the amount of side jobs that we've both had it's I mean, listen, I'm not ashamed to be a hard worker. Yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, we've all been but You got to right? do it, and it sucks. Listen, I'm not ashamed, but it fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you
2: find yourself doing weird things for money. <laughs> yeah. What's like the weirdest job you guys have had? Oh. oh, gosh. I mean, I was a cheerleading coach for a year, which was actually really fun and also kind of sad. These girls were like all being bullied and would come to me and it's like, <laughs> these are like emotionally taxing. How old were these girls? They're like middle school. But oh, you know, the that's internet, the worst. Yeah. And like the Internet's in oh, place. Middle
1: school girls are bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? I hated myself. Oh, I would hate not want to be they, around middle school.
2: But girls. I'm telling you, these girls look like they were in their like mid 20s. Like, yeah, because L.A girls get plastic surgery when they're, like, 12. No, it wasn't that. It's, like, I don't know what they're putting, like, hormones in our food, but, like, these girls had, like, banging bodies.
0: <laughs> okay. You know, when I was, <laughs> young, like, <laughs> When I was these younger. middle school girls yeah. with banging
2: bodies. When
1: was I wrong. was... Younger, I heard uh, Katie Perry say in an, in an interview that, like, she ate a bunch of fried chicken and she had really big boobs. So, I thought that, like, fried chicken made your boobs bigger. So, I, like, would eat, like, a lot of fried chicken than I was a kid. Had that Had that work. I mean, I have double-D boobs. So oh, that wow. But that, not because of the fried chicken. But, like, isn't <laughs> it weird that, like, I thought that, like, that's why I got big boobs, like, for a while. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, kind of going to try it. <laughs> I'm, like, is it too late? And then when you're, like, 30? 300 pounds, like, heavier, and you're, like, fuck all this fried chicken.
2: <laughs> Okay, so cheerleading coach. I mean, that's that sounds. Cheerleading fun. coach. It was fun. I got to take them to like a competition. They loved it. But you're good at stuff like that too. Yeah, it was fun, and I got to dance and like. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's not that bad of a side gig. No, it wasn't. But it wasn't like enough. And then, unfortunately, they like cut. The- they didn't have funding, so they cut the program from the. School. So you got fired. So got- like, <laughs> basically, I got let go. That could be like a whole separate episode. I was just talking about getting
1: fired from jobs. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's happening. I'm. Events. Well, I managed a pumpkin patch. So That's <laughs> that your job. That was my job. Can you? I, can you elaborate <laughs> on that? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was working for. As a personal assistant to a basketball player, who a guy who used to be a Laker. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, love him. And I quit without having another job. And I was like, shit, what do I do? And I couldn't pay my rent. So I went on this like job board on Facebook. There's a Facebook group for women in LA, and it's called Girls Night Out. They do job postings for, like, anything in the entertainment industry to, like, bartending. Oh, I'm, like, writing this down on the side. Yeah, I'll invite you to it, actually. (laughs) And someone posted, like, we're looking for people to work at our trendy pumpkin patch. And I, like, responded to the ad and, like, aggressively emailed this girl until she, like, met with me. And she was like, do you want to work, like, it's 31 days. There's 31 days in October. I was like, yeah, I'll work every single day. So I worked every single day for 31 days. That's amazing. Yeah. How much did you get paid? Um, enough to pay my rent for two months. Oh, that's good. And then I had to find another job, <laughs> but it turned in. Actually, it's funny because it turned into a full time job. Like the company that owned the property where it was held on, like hired me at their real estate company. Oh, see, that worked out. It I worked thinking, out. I was thinking like weird jobs. Like I, I remember, that was a weird job. I, mean, I that's, managed that's, a pumpkin patch. Yeah, yeah, okay, like, that's weird. What? But so I mean, like, I get I'm talking like Craigslist gigs. Like, I don't know if I'm oh. going to become a sex slave. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So I was a shadow, I was a shadow one time. I got paid. <laughs> to okay. Oh yeah. okay. I got paid to be Haim Saban's shadow one time. He like owns a Saban theater and like a bunch of different like properties in LA. He's like big and whatever, like just a super rich billionaire guy. Uh, so when he has private events at his house, he hires a shadow to stand behind him. So like what I had to do was I got paid like $35 an hour to just stand there and have Tic Tacs, toothpicks, a water and like whatever, like his drink order, just like on hand available. But I had to stand like, a certain amount of feet away from him. So, like, I wasn't, like, close enough to him to where, like, I was annoying. But I had he had to be, like, in my peripheral. Wait, you guys, that's how you know you've made it is if you can hire someone to be your shadow. Like, that's my new goal. I have never heard of this. You You haven't? Yeah, I I haven't told you that story before. No. Yeah, I've done that. I've done, like, the whole, like, cater waiter stuff. Like, the cater cater waiter waiter bullshit is awful. Stevie Wonder spilled a glass of red wine on me and the whole table goes... (gasps) And he was like, "What? What happened?" And no, like, like he's, he's fucking blind. So like, what do you do? Like, tell the blind dude he just spilled red wine all over your white pants? Like, no, thank you. Like, I'm not like telling a Grammy winner to like clean the red wine off of me. Oh, you know what wow. I mean? So I was just like, "Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine." I just like pretended that like it never happened. Oh wait, see that's great though. So like, that's really- random. Oh, and then last week I was uh, Jennifer Aniston stand-in. What do you mean? Like, I got paid to beat her stand-in. So, like, she's too famous to stand there and have, like, the lights adjusted for her. So, <laughs> I had to stand there while he, like, adjusted the lights on me. And I acted as if I was Jen Aniston. And then That's when it was time. That's actually so cool. Yeah, when it was actually time for her to shoot, she would come in and then I would go
2: away. I did that in Miami. I was a stand-in on Charlie's Angels when they did the reboot for, of her, the TV show. For her, the lead blonde girl. Ooh. So, like, when she would be, like, on her iPad texting, it was actually my fingers. Because <laughs> she, like, couldn't be bothered to do, like, the close-ups of oh, her hands. Right, right. So, like, it That's would be amazing. my hands. Or if there was, like, an over-the-shoulder, like, a dirty shot, it would be my shoulder, not hers. Like, <laughs> can I tell you that on the set last week with Jen and it was for her, like, the Avino campaign, which
1: yeah. I'm probably not supposed to say that, but whatever. There, there was someone on, on set whose sole job was scents. What do you mean? <laughs> like their job was like to create like an aroma. Like, like the guy in the like, room? yeah the guy like in, with the headpiece on that was like in charge was like, "All right, so I'm going to have you on scents. That's incredible. <laughs> but she's so not high maintenance. Like she's so she chill. she has a scent person. No, like high yeah, maintenance. But no, but, like, like, but, no, that, like, but wow. that definitely was not for like her request. Need that
2: was I linen in the air. No, yeah. that like,
1: was the production people doing that. Like she's so chill and doesn't care. Um, that's the vibe I got
2: from her that's but. her but of course she's gonna
1: have that vibe <laughs> but like she also has like an eight page writer that's like I needed my what would be person
2: a- and like green m ms <laughs> so you know pick
1: out all the MMs. Somebody and somebody once ones.
2: told me that Taylor Swift has somebody to flush the toilet for her <laughs> I feel like that can't be real but also maybe it is oh my god I mean listen if I had fuck you money I would definitely
1: hire someone to flush the toilet for me like would yeah. not
2: be bothered to flush the toilet I would, ha- <laughs> I would hire someone to like just like feed me spoon. Student- Fulls of peanut butter, like
1: yeah. Sorry, well, I, I, can't know. Be, I can't I'm be set coffee. on getting a shadow. Like that's my next goal. Is I just want. Can a you shadow. believe
2: I did that? That's so crazy. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, I've had some weird ass jobs. It's it's incredible. Like the distribution and wealth in LA of all places. Like you have the person who hires the shadow, and then you have the, the shadow. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, and it sucks because like at least I mean yeah, I, I still feel like I'm in the shadow category too. So it hurt, you know? Like fuck. I've done all kind of random shit though. Like I've like
2: gotten paid to like help people like move <laughs> i was the <laughs> warehouse girl I oh on. yes a so lot money. of billboards in the valley yeah <laughs> that's kind of cool though I had a lot of billboards in the valley but you looked hot yeah they like they were like okay so we need you to like can you like push your boobs together more? I'm like, I'm already wearing like two padded this is broad, before the like, Me Too movement. So. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm Me already Too. I'm wearing two padded bras. This is as big as we are going to look. I'm sorry. <laughs> eat like more bazookas. fried chicken. She's eat that fried chicken. Uh, uh, and, and then it yeah. looks well, like you were wearing a Halloween costume, honestly. Which I know. is my, oh, so oh I look no. like tool time. Like I was on a ladder with a work. i mean it's
1: it's funny because we've all done these odd jobs but like how do you has there any been like a moment where you like know the struggle is real like when you're really like hurting on cash yeah when i have to eat air for the week (laughs) which is also like a dream like i kind of like need to eat air like to survive in this industry but like yeah um oh i used to call it the can't afford to eat diet Like that was my diet in my early twenties, is like I can't afford lunch. So (laughs) So I'm just not gonna eat. Have you seen the Vogue diet? Um, it's called like the egg and wine diet. And it's just like you eat like four hard boiled eggs and then like you can eat like a three ounce steak at night, but you can have a whole bottle of wine (laughs) throughout the day. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, Vogue published it in like the seventies. That would be a great I don't know. It was a meme that I saw recently. I I thought it was too. I wanna believe it though. I wanna believe. I mean, and I so, kind of want to, I feel like we should do a social experiment where we try it for a week. I think we
2: should. I know. Just a week, though. Just, just a one week. week. Just one <laughs> That's week. That's seven bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. That's aggressive. Sounds like a challenge. Yeah. I'm kind of oh, into that. it. I'm into it.
1: <laughs> I do that over I running mean, a marathon. Yeah. Like, I, oh, so I paint. So I'm starting to sell my paintings because I think I'm Pablo Picasso. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> That's good. <kinda No>. Cool. <laughs> No, I just legit, like, I enjoy painting because it's, like, my creative outlet. It's how I, like, de-stress, get rid of anxiety is... There's pressure for me to be good at stand up. There's pressure for me to be funny. Pressure for me to be a good actor, good writer. But there's no pressure for me to be a good painter. So I just like let it go free and I'm oh, that's still, nice. Still being creative. But anyways, I like might not be able to pay my rent next month, so I'm gonna have to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> or are you gonna sell them like on the street? Actually, you know We're gonna put that in the show notes. We're gonna put a link in. You can buy a rid of Renwood's original painting original- <laughs> so that she can pay her rent next month. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> have a friend actually. Who- yeah. We- who probably South we're not gonna art. yeah we're not gonna say his name. Um, it's Tyler. Um, <laughs> he, he He paints sell? circles in cool and they're cool and they're Enzos and he sells them for an ass load of money. Yeah, exactly. like I mean thousands and thousands of dollars. I think it's probably like inappropriate to say like how much he sells them for, but like it's crazy. He was a publicist and just decided he was gonna start painting one day, selling his paintings and. You just like name a price and that's what it's for sale for. So anyway, I'm going to go, I'm going to start painting triangles that I'm I'm into it. I mean, that's great. I love it. It's really cool. He's and his paintings are really, really dope. Actually. They're circles. I'm going to need to look into this. But you need it. We'll send you a link. If (laughs) you want to have one, you, you need some more artwork in this house. Actually, I know we have, I need commission. If you're listening, I get 10% on this commission. I'm selling your (laughs) artwork on this podcast. (laughs) Perfect. No, I feel like I I always, with food, I'm the same way. I'm like, that's like the first thing I cut when I'm really like hurting. I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut back on food. And then I'm also going to like stop socializing. Like, do you guys ever do that? Where you're like, oh, I can't go to your birthday dinner, like broke. Yes. I have a hard. I have well, a hard I don't know. I have a hard time saying no. To I parties. have a hard time with that. Really? It's really hard because I'm like, oh, twist my arm with a good time. Okay. Oh, no.
2: Although I will say, when I first moved to LA, I was bartending. I was working at a nightclub, and I would work Thursday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. And so it kind of helped because I was only working week uh, weekend nights, so like I couldn't really go out and socialize anyways because I had to be at the bar at like 9:30, and then I wouldn't get off till 4 a.m. So Jeez. that kind of helped to save because I really could only do things during the week. And was that really good money? I feel it like- was incredible money. Uh, like like, give me I an
1: example. Make- Should I be a bottle service girl? I'm like <laughs> considering. I'm like 30 <laughs> well, now. They're gonna be like, get out of here. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was bartending, and the bottle girls were making double what I was making. But like, I needed my barrier. Like, I d- I didn't want people to be able to like get at me. So like, having the bar in front of me between the customer was like necessary for me. Yeah. But I mean, it was good. Anywhere from like, I mean, you could make a thousand dollars in a night easily. The bottle <laughs> what? and the bottle girls were making double. Wow. Yeah. All
1: right, I'm getting a lot of ideas. I basically I'm you, having this podcast on just to get dumb ideas. ideas. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, pumpkin pad. <laughs> you know, show. I would make my rent in a weekend, and then like I saved up. But eventually, I just got like, especially the Sunday nights. If I had auditions on Monday, it was just a that's, wash. see that's the issue with having these like random jobs is that when you're up all night long yeah then you, the next morning you're so tired to yeah. do anything and yeah and thursday and sunday i always work so friday and mondays were like i could only really like seriously audition tuesday wednesday thursday because <laughs> i was just a zombie
1: you know where i waste the most money where is air One.
2: have you been to air One oh,
1: yet oh my god <laughs> Erewhon, okay, so for anybody who's listening, because I just discovered what Erewhon is from moving to L.A., like, you know how you oh, say um I refuse. Um Whole Foods is, like, whole paycheck? No. Air, well, that's, like, a saying, like, Whole Foods oh, yeah. is really expensive, but Erewhon is, like, that on steroids. Like, Erewhon is, like, your whole paycheck plus your 401k plus, like, any oh. retirement savings for, like, a salad. I feel it's-
2: like Erewhon is, like... A really expensive place for people that, like, make their own toothpaste. Like that <laughs> That's
1: actually is, very accurate they because they probably very, have their own
2: brand of toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's very granola. That's like, what I mean. It's like, these are the people you don't think to be spending all this No, money. it's like someone went to Bali. They, like, found themselves. They came back to L.A. Now they're all
1: holistic, and so they need to only eat at Air One.
2: Yeah. What? I, yeah, no, I refuse. I went in there and got an acai bowl once, and it was $22. <sighs> and I was like, oh, oh my God. And no, but, see, I'm such an easy sell though because they have, I'm not, you know, the person there is like they don't even have to honestly tell me it could just be on the shelf and I'm like, oh, a twelve dollar blue almond milk, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> I have not been back since. someone upset it, me, it's it, bad. They it have like bad. some I some, shop at Trader Joe's. Like I, I love spending like so little money and getting so much food. I and love you, a I, good TJ. TJ's TJ great. Moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I mean, that's that's so accurate. It's funny, grocery shopping in general. I, okay, so I just moved in with my boyfriend. So we're like going grocery shopping together. And I'm like a really good grocery shopper. Me like too. I hit up the TJ, like I get like what's on sale. My boyfriend like doesn't look at prices and gets like everything. And he was getting- And this, it'll go bad. It'll go bad. I mean, you should see your refrigerator right now. It's like veggies from two weeks ago. And it's like all like oh, no one touched like anything. Now. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> but he was getting this- um, It was cookie dough from Erewhon. Cookie dough. Like imagine like a roll of cookie dough like you would get at any grocery store for like $4. And he left the price tag on by accident. It was in our refrigerator. And I looked at it. It was $16.99 for cookie dough. That's ridiculous. I know. Why do men, what is it with men? Just not, it's weird though. Like my mom, for instance, like just totally jumping all over the page. Like my mom will go and buy like a really expensive Gucci dress. But then we'll be at CVS and she's like, I'll put like the more expensive face wash. That's like $12.99. And she's like, no, no, no. You need the one that's $7.99. I'm like, <laughs> that makes no sense.
2: But like with men, I feel like women can justify. Wait, you buy your face wash at CVS? Yes, I
1: use Pond's oh face gosh. wash. It's $7.99. I, I can't listen to I can't listen to
2: It's like 7 I spend almost all my money on skincare. That's a, a big chunk of mine goes to that too. Like the majority of my money goes to skincare. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to get facials. I mean, you have to
1: keep yourself up in LA. You got a gym membership, facials. You have to get your eyebrows henna tattooed. <laughs> you have to get um you I know, see your, your eyelashes. I yeah, eyelashes, them. teeth bleach. love them. It's expensive being a girl, man. Guys have it so easy. I know. I'll cheers to that, guys. Yes, cheers. 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 Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for having us. This was so fun. I swear, the older I've gotten, the worse I feel after a night out drinking. And I just can't afford to feel miserable for a full day or two when I have real life responsibilities and things I need to do the next day. Welcome to Getting Older, folks. The struggle is real. But that is why I am obsessed with morning recovery. And if you follow me on social, you've definitely seen me post about this before. Morning recovery is essentially a drink you drink before you go to bed after a night of alcohol to help your body detox, rehydrate, and bounce back so you can have fun at night and do more the next day. The secret here is a key ingredient called DHM, which is a plant derived superhero ingredient that helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol induced toxins so you can wake up feeling fresh as a daisy. It is honestly a miracle product and I wouldn't push it this hard if I didn't know firsthand that it actually worked. I started drinking it when I would have like a really big weekend ahead of me, like a birthday or a bachelorette. But now I pretty much just drink them anytime I'm going to have a couple cocktails because it's just a no-brainer for me and I feel so much better the next day. Now, there is no reason not to try Morning Recovery because they have a special deal for our listeners. You're just going to go to morelabs.com slash kid. For 20% off your entire order. Oh, and if you don't love it, you get your money back. So if you've ever felt like crap the day after drinking, you need morning recovery. Get 20% off a six-pack, 12-pack, or 24-pack at morelabs.com slash kid. I'd shoot for the 24-pack just from personal experience. <laughs> Again, go to morelabs.com slash kid. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am now joined with our expert of the week. We have Brittany Castro here. She is the founder and CEO of Financially Wise Inc. So, you are the girl for this episode, I have a feeling, because I don't know, you probably deal with all kinds of people, but for me, when it comes to finances, like it just stresses me out, you know, like I, I, and I feel like my whole strategy is like the swipe and pray. Like I just kind of like (laughs) swipe and close my eyes and hope I don't get turned away at the register. You know, I'm just you know terrified, and and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, especially um, people in the early 20s. I mean, now that I I just turned 30 this year, and I feel like I'm getting a little bit more responsible, but back in the day, it was like terrifying. So before I kind of get into it, because I want to like just fucking get into your brain and take all those tips and tricks that you were kind of mentioning, you talk about on a daily basis. But before I want to, before we even get there, I kind of want to talk about like some mistakes because I think that there, before you can even financially plan, you could be really kind of shooting yourself in the foot at the get-go coming out of college. I mean, I've done it. I've seen some friends do it. Do you think that there are any like things that are, you would say are red flags in your early 20s or like things Hmm. that you see that you're like, you just want to shake people and be like, don't
0: do that. Yeah. So it's such a different game now. So I get it everyone listening, I totally get it. It's not like our parents or it's not our grandparents. And I understand the unique challenges of coming out of school and having student loan debt and not being able to sustain the lifestyle you want um, and pay down the debt. But the reality is even starting with some simple practices is going to help you so much. And it's almost like how I see it is you're developing lifelong habits and systems. So for example, one thing that you can do that a lot of people don't do is budget. And I know it's not a sexy thing, but whatever you want to call it, spending plan, cash flow, like however you need to mind trick yourself, getting in tune with how much money is coming out and where does it go every month is so valuable because that's you have to budget the rest of your life. It's not like you get a budget and you're set for life. No, even when you're retired, you have to review the budget and say, how much are we making this year? How much are we spending? So it's never going to stop being something that you need. But I think a lot of people avoid it like the plague because they feel as though the budget's going to tell them that they can't spend money on a latte, or they can't go to their yoga class or buy those you know, cute Lululemon pants, like whatever it is, we have these irrational fears. And there's no such thing because really the budget is a tool. It's teaching you, okay, if you want all those things, how much money do you need to be making every month in order to support that and still save a little bit for your goals or make your debt payments? Or let's say, for example, you want to be able to move out. You, know, you can look at your budget and say, okay, what are my expenses now? What are my income? What's my income now? What's the gap? If I want to go from paying zero rent to $2,000 every month rent, how are you going to make that work? What shifts are you going to make? Do you make more money? Do you cut back on other things? So it's really just a way to embrace money instead of like pushing it away embrace it it's a, just like another part of life a relationship if you will and the relationship's not going to ever be perfect but you constantly work toward putting in energy and time to improve it just like we do with dating like right. you know dating or wellness and health when you um cuz i know you work with a lot of people on their budgets do yeah. you ever see like a specific
1: area where people tend to overspend and they don't realize it Food.
0: I mean <laughs> yes. food is the number one cost in everybody's budget. It really is. Um, I'm a big believer in spending your money in alignment with the things that you say are important to you. And for me, I was never into cut back on food. No, mm. I actually make sure that and I've always made sure that I'm able to spend Money on quality food, and uh, you know, not use this excuse. Oh, it's too expensive to eat healthy. Well, no, it's not. If you do it right, you can do it affordably. And for me, hopefully, by eating healthy, I'm preventing costs down the road of medical costs, you know, that I can't even fathom right now. So there's always sacrifices. I'm not saying that, but you need to be clear about what's important to you and make sure your spending is matching up to that. So food's number one. Yeah. And I think we could get
1: carried away. I mean, totally. I noticed like when I started, when I first started making money, because I was really broke in my early twenties, but when I first started making money, that was like the first thing that I started blowing it on was like, nice salads. (laughs) You're like $14, $15 salad. I'm like, who am I? Am I Oprah? Like what? Um, Okay, before we get into it, because I do want to get into budgeting because obviously like you mentioned, that is like step one, like how we get there. But before we even jump into that, I think there are some like big mistakes you can make. Like, I'm gonna give you one of my one of the first like hard lessons I had um in my financial thing. And you could tell me like wh- what you think about this. But I remember I don't know why when I first got a credit card, I yeah. was like, let me just pay the minimum on this yeah. credit card. And it like only took me like six months to be in <sighs> a freaking hole. It was like, oh no, what have I done? Like to, to speaking to anybody in credit card debt or anybody who's like making mistakes like that, like what would you do? You, would
0: you say you like always pay off 100 percent in full or what? Definitely. What? So the goal of credit cards. Yeah, that's such a the trap that I think a lot of people get into after college, especially because that's the time where credit card companies are really like marketing you because they know that you're not aware of strategies to do it right? So if you have credit card debt, first and foremost, just get clear on what it is, how much it is, the balance, the interest rate, the minimum payment. And yeah, the idea is charge and pay it off in full every month because credit is also very important in America. Like We need the credit card to get credit for a home or a car later on. So the credit score is a number that can be anywhere from 300 to 850. And 65% of the score comes from paying your bills on time and keeping your balance 30% or lower. So, to break this out, if you have a credit card that has a $10,000 limit, if you carry a balance of $3,000, that $3,000 is getting hit that interest, whatever interest Mm -hmm. um, the credit card says. But now your credit utilization is at that 30%. So, if you want to improve your score, Pay your bills on time. Pay it all always on time, which is easy. You just do auto pay, and pay down the balance because then naturally then your balance ratio goes down and your credit score can improve. So I think a lot of people worry about the wrong things. So I always think like focus on the bigger wins, like the things that impact more than these little caveats. Mm -hmm. So with credit cards, yeah, get it, use it wisely. And if you have auto pay, auto pay, and if you have debt, another thing I like, I just think a lot of people and I've experienced this because when I started my business, I used my retirement money to start my business. And then I got a loan, which I never had debt. And then I felt really guilty about it. Like there's a lot of emotions that come with debt, Mm -hmm. which keeps you in that cycle. So you might feel bad about it. You might feel guilty. You might feel Afraid, anxiety. And so it's almost like until you really address that, it's hard to change, break the habit. Totally. And I get that. I'm kind
1: of feeling that right now because like I I left my company a couple years ago to kind of focus on big kid problems and like mm-hmm. do this thing. But you know, recently I moved to LA and I've just noticed, you know, when we talk about budgets and we talk about spending, like that guilt when I've found that I'm like spending more than I'm actually like bringing in, it's scary and it yeah. kind of like eats away at you. And so I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. So for somebody who is like maybe because I remember this, I, I kind of feel like almost like I'm back in my early 20s because that's like the how I can relate to that is like I wasn't bringing in that much money. So yeah. it was hard to think about saving, you know, like if I was like, I'm barely scraping by and eating like cup of noodles, like how am I actually going to save money? Like how, how do you, I think, I think my long winded question is if you're, (laughs) if you're low on income, like how, how do you kind of convince yourself
0: to save? Two things. First and foremost, if you're low on income, figure out what income do you need to pay your bills and save a little bit, right? What's a little bit? even $100 a month or $50 a month. So I think there's two ways. We all know we need to spend less than we earn. Mm -hmm. So if you can't cut back anymore, then you got to earn more, right? And I always like to look at earn more because that's unlimited. There's only so much you could cut back on until you can't. You have bills. You got to live. You got to survive, right? So instead of just keeping in that scarcity, like I cut back everything and I'm being frugal, focus on maybe earning $500 more per month. Because I love if, that. If you could do that, then everything operates a lot easier. So put your energy toward that side of the equation, which I think a lot of people don't do because we have these limiting beliefs mm-hmm. or we think we're not good enough or we can't get more value or it's going to be harder. But the reality is the moment mm-hmm. you become clear, $500 a month more, 1000 whatever number you want then you can actually see those opportunities. Oh, maybe I just need to get one more client, or maybe I just need to go ask for a raise or improve my skill set so I can go ask for my boss for this position that pays more. Like You begin to see the opportunity, and then the universe meets you and shows you things. So clarity is so important with money. Money loves clarity. If you don't have clarity and you're doing avoidance or you're in fear, Mm -hmm. scarcity, it's almost like you're in a cave and nothing can get to you. But the moment you step out and get courage and get brave to look at the numbers, get clear on the numbers, then you like, it's almost like you're exposed to a whole other universe. Ready to give you money, that's so true.
1: I love that um, and I think that's so accurate mm-hmm. um okay, so talking about like budgeting and figuring out those numbers, I think that's a big part of it like you you kind of go into this
0: hole and you don't want to know like what's happening like where do you where would you start so get out of pen and paper. It doesn't have to be so complicated like that's also part of money. Don't make it so complicated. it's really not that complicated. Make a list of all your monthly expenses, total it up make a list of your net income coming in or whatever income you have. Total it. What's the gap? What's missing? Is it breaking even? Are you short? Are you in a surplus? Mm -hmm. Then with savings, another thing, don't make it hard. Set up something automatic every month. Even if it's $50 a month, it might not seem like a big deal but it's building the system that's more important. And then you could work on increasing the number later when you have more money to save. But setting up a system to have money come out of your checking account into some sort of high yield savings every month is key. And it's kind of like that out of sight, out of mind, set it and forget it. You really do. You And I don't know if it's possible anymore to save money the opposite way, which save whatever's left over. Like, I don't know if that's ever worked for me. Like, I'd never seen that work. So totally. don't make it difficult. That is, that is very true. And actually, that's like kind
1: of what's saving me now. Um, and I, like, in my early 20s, even when I was like making no money, like you said, I just kind of set up like an automatic savings thing. And like you were saying, just have it so it goes out. You don't even see the money coming in. Like you mm-hmm. don't even physically have it. That's what I do. And do you have a special place? Like, do you have a recommendation of where that money should go? Like I have um I send, I think I put like a hundred or three hundred dollars a month into a Vanguard. I don't even see it. It comes straight out of my account awesome. into a Vanguard. Like do you have and Can you explain what a Vanguard is or like maybe some options there are? Because I just literally, I think I listened to a podcast once and they told me to put money in a Vanguard. And that's just what I did.
0: (laughs) Not bad. Maybe there's
1: some other options.
0: Vanguard is an investment firm. So you're probably investing that, which is different than savings, which is good. Yes. Let's make that distinction. Yeah. So savings is still different because you want to leverage high-yield savings. And you could go to bankrate.com to see high-yield savings accounts. I mean, American Express has one. Capital One has one. Ally has one. These are just savings vehicles, but they're earning more interest than just your normal bank savings account. So the idea is you need a cushion, a cash cushion, Mm -hmm. usually three or six months of expenses. So if you're out of work or... Uh, something comes up, you have cash to fall back on. So that's when I say savings, it's kind of what you're working on building, a cushion or... Our clients usually have a travel savings because every year they spend money on travel or you're saving for a car or a wedding or a home. Like These are all short-term goals that we define as anywhere from one to five years that you really don't want to be investing only because when you're investing, you take on more risk and it fluctuates more. So it's just not a good strategy if you're needing money in the short term to invest it. So that's the key, you know, like get clear about what's happening, then map out your goals. You got to prioritize them a little bit because it's not always possible to do everything at once, especially if you're just starting. But if you don't have a cushion, I think you got to start there. Mm -hmm. And really in your 20s, having more cash is so valuable because it gives you that freedom or flexibility to change jobs or be out of work for a little bit or maybe start your own thing, you know. And I had cash in my 20s, which is, I think, why I was able to take these risks that I did, mm-hmm. um, which was now looking back, I wish someone would have told me even have more cash. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Save more cash because now now that I'm in my 30s, it's like, all right, now I'm more settled. I'm established in my career now. So now I can more aggressively invest money. Right. Um, But having cash is always going to be giving you that freedom or flexibility to make pivots and changes when needed. One thousand percent.
1: So when we talk about that saving, like, do you have do you base it off of like how much rent money you're bringing in. There, like, is there a standard? Like, you should be if you're making like fifty thousand dollars, you should be putting away this much a month. Or if you no, make no,
0: unfortunately, you- there's no standard. But typically in financial planning, we save twenty percent of net income, which is after tax dollars. So if you're making, let's say, three thousand net income per month you want to save $600 toward your financial goals. So that could include debt, extra debt payments, saving for cushion, saving for retirement. And that's what planning is. It's like figuring out, okay, out of that allocation, it's not like a straight 30, 30, 30, you know, it's not like that. It's a little bit different. Um, It's more of the art of financial planning, I guess. But if you can't do 20%, because right now we probably lost listeners. Well, I can't do 20%, (laughs) right? I can't do 20%, so I'm not going to do anything. This is hopeless. No, start with 1%. Literally, if you could put $30 away, put 30, right? I mean, it's better than nothing because the whole goal, again, is to just set up the system. And then every so often, every six months, every year, look, can you improve it? Can you add more? Can you add more? Every time you get a raise, add that right into savings. So it's... It's finding ways to trick yourself because we're humans and we have irrational behaviors. It's like when you go on a diet, you don't eat the chocolate cake, don't eat the chocolate cake. And then you eat the chocolate cake because there's <laughs> no like system in place. Like instead to grab the banana, right? Like you you need something to prevent you from doing yeah. these impulses or emotional reactions. For sure. For sure.
1: Um, I couldn't agree more. And and it's funny because I do see the difference. I think it's all about starting early too. You know, like yeah. it just compounds over time. Totally. Like I always talk about it's funny, like my girlfriends always tell me, like, oh, you're so like they're always like, wow, like Sarah's a super saver because like I am, like I I'm just that. like a big time saver. But I always made less than all my friends in my 20s. Like I was had the lowest income, but I always saved, I just saved like I think, you know, a couple hundred a month, whatever I could. And my girlfriends were buying like Chanel bags and like really Uh nice expensive things. And now that it's like, we're only talking like five years, five, six years later, I'm actually more in a better position than a lot of my friends. That's like...
0: Yes, Sarah. I know. Super saver. Super saver. That
1: That is my thing. I'm probably even going to do like a whole other episode about like just like saving um, and like areas to save. But for the purpose of this episode, I want to like stay super clear. We're going back into mm-hmm. the savings. Okay, so if we're going to be taking savings, we mentioned, you know, having that cushion. Mm-hmm. We talked briefly about investments or like, um, you know, putting it at an S&P 500. Like yeah. what kind of, an, if you are, if, let's say you have that cushion, let's say you're putting away money towards your cushion and you still have some savings or you want to kind of get into that investing game. Like what would you, what's mm-hmm. your recommendation there?
0: Yeah, so if you have a job and they give you a 401k, look at that because if they give you a match, especially it's free money. So let's say your job offers you a 401k and they match 4%. You should at least be putting in 4%. Because if you put in 4% of your salary, they're going to match 4%. Can you tell us what a 401k is? Yeah. A 401k is a retirement plan that a company offers. So most big corporations have some sort of 401k plan that you can opt into. And... When you put money into a 401k plan, it's tax deductible. So let's say you put $1,000 in. They they set it up so it comes out of your paycheck out automatically. That $1,000 is deducted from your gross income. So you pay taxes now on less income. So it's tax deductible today. It grows tax deferred. So while the money is invested, um, you don't have to worry about paying taxes. But when you take the money out, you have to be 59 and a half. And at that time, it's taxed. So the 401k is just the shell. I always say it's just the account. Then you got to add money. And then once you add money, then you got to invest it. So you choose, are you going to put it in the S&P 500 index? Or are you going to choose your own lineup? You know, they give you a list of options and you mm-hmm. choose based on how risky you want to be. So the younger you are, obviously, we usually say the more aggressive you can be because there's longer time. You don't need that money and you really can't touch it anyway until you're 59 and a half. So there's three steps, right? get get the account, add money, and then make sure it's invested. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't have a 401k, maybe you're self-employed, but you want to save for retirement and still get some of those same tax advantages, that's where the traditional IRA comes in. Or I'm sure a lot of people have heard about a Roth IRA. These mm-hmm. are just IRA means individual retirement account. So it's for people who don't have a 401k per se. So those are available to you. And you could get those at any financial firm. Like you mentioned Vanguard, Fidelity. You know, there's robo-advisors called Betterment or Wealthfront or Charles Schwab. I mean, there's lots nowadays that make it super easy like yeah. i remember when i first started we we literally had to do paper applications you know now you just open online in like 5 minutes or less and add money and then usually for these like online accounts like vanguard they you know super helpful customer service so if you have questions and hop on the phone that's great and i do like that and i wanted
1: to ask more about that because i feel like i mean i'm not in a traditional job anymore and i feel like You know, millennials or young adults at this age are, a lot of people are working for themselves. That's kind of been like a, a, that's unprecedented in other generations, more people working for themselves. So if you don't have that company who, you know, you have a 401k with, how much would you suggest putting in? Is there a percentage or is it, again, kind of you just kind of like put in uh, what you feel comfortable?
0: Put in what you can, definitely. I mean, and that's where we come in. I think the power of hiring a financial planner is literally our job is to look at, all right, Sarah, where are you at? What's the goal? Let's run some projections in order to reach this goal. Here's how much you need to save toward retirement. Now we look at your budget and say, okay, but what can we... Realistically, save and how much of that goes toward retirement. So that's the art. And I think a lot of people have a misconception that, oh, financial planners are only for when you're rich. No. Literally, if you want to be rich, (laughs) you hire a financial planner. Uh, You hire people who know what they're doing to help you get there. Or if you're more of a do-it-yourselfer, then read all the finance books and learn everything you need to do to set all this up in your life. But if you're like, you know what, I just want to hire somebody to help me leapfrog and bypass all that, then that's where hiring a financial planner is so key. Because even like figuring out the right retirement account for you, how much? How's that going to work taxes? Are you invested properly? I mean, these are all things that you really can't afford not to know and not to do. Right. I And I do think, you know, getting older, I feel like in my
1: 20s, like I would be so intimidated by that. But I am definitely seeing the value and like hiring somebody or like, yeah. fig- you know, getting other resources if you don't know. Because like for me, I this stuff like just stresses me out. So, yeah. <laughs> like, if I can find somebody like you to help me. Yeah. um Do you have any favorite? So for somebody who maybe not be isn't ready, um, do you have any favorite resources that you like? I know you mentioned like reading a book. Like, do you have a favorite
0: book? Do you I have, have so many books? I know. Um, okay. So first I would say Investopedia is great. It's an online resource, investopedia.com. Basically, it's like an encyclopedia, but with financial terminology. So if you're just like, I forgot what a 401k is. You can type in 401k and it tells you in pretty layman's terms what it is. And it's really nice. Yeah. Um. So that's one. Some budgeting apps. I mean, we've actually designed our own budgeting system here at Financial Wise Inc. And we teach our clients how to use it. However, there are some good apps through your bank. Like, d- dependent upon where you bank, they usually have some sort of budgeting app Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Mint.com. You Need a Budget is good. That's also a budgeting app. Mm. Um, It's a little bit more complex. So if you're more into financial data and you like Excel spreadsheets, you probably vibe with that one a little bit more. I mean, of course, if you're a business owner, there's like the QuickBooks or these other services to help you track your business finances To In terms of books, I mean, there's so many. I read books all the time. I actually just reread Tony Robbins' book, Money Master the Game. And um, uh, yeah, there's so many gems. I mean, a lot of it has already been talked about in many other books, but he just comes at it from an angle too, which I really enjoy, of just like you can do it. And I think that's important because one of my all-time favorite money books is um, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. It was written in 1900, very similar to Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. But money mindset is incredibly important because you can have the best budget in place. You can have the best financial strategy. But if you don't have the right mindset and kind of like you, if you're like stressed or have anxiety or even like, You want to grow to the next level. It's changing how you think, right? Like versus having the right plan. Yeah, have the right plan too. But you got to change how you think. Like even making more income is about changing how you think about things. Are you worth it? Are you providing value? Are you thinking about unlimited opportunity? Are you stuck in? No, it won't happen to me. I can't do it. This is what I get and that's it. Like, you know, it's a huge difference in terms of what's going to be possible for you in your financial life. So I think the mindset books are key.
1: I love that. And I have, I read the Tony Robbins one and I like that too because I feel like it, he just comes at it It's such like an easy way of understanding. So like I, I need, I'm like, that's what I need, somebody to break it down for me really simple. So that's like the, I've heard of this other ones, but I've actually read the Tony Robbins one. Yeah. And can agree that's awesome. Um, all right. So I know we're running out of time and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to like squeeze out mm-hmm. of you because you, you're such a good resource for all of this. I mean, I did, I know I keep like going back to the investment stuff because we talk about like, but I I'm, I am curious about this because especially a couple years ago I know like Bitcoin blew up and like <laughs> you know there's all these things coming out that I, as somebody who like didn't understand yeah. uh, real life like I like got on Coinbase I put in yeah. a couple grand into uh, Bitcoin and saw it all go up and I was like this yeah. is amazing and then I saw it all go down yes.
0: like, you're not alone yeah, yeah a lot of people did
1: yeah and then um I mean so that's like one thing I mean and then you also have like other investments, like you can, I, I know, like Robinhood. Are you like familiar? Mm-hmm.
0: You, Stash, obviously, Robinhood. Yeah, a lot of these. Acorn. Would you recommend any of those? Those are great. Honestly, a lot of those apps are just doing things automatically, so you don't realize that you're investing money. But you can equally set that up, yeah, and know for sure that you're putting away four hundred dollars a month into an investment account at like Vanguard or Betterment or whatever you choose. You can set up that system yourself too. But I think the idea with a lot of these investing apps is they're taking small amounts or they're taking amounts at different times. So you don't know. Right. And for some reason, people are like, yeah, cool. And I'm like, yeah, but you can also just determine you want to put away $500 a month and just set that system up yourself. Right. right.
1: Totally. But
0: I think it's that idea of automation is so important. So whether you do it through one of these apps or you just set it up yourself in a system, automation's. Yeah. Uh, really, I think the only way to save money these days automation for sure. And then I know
1: we talked about it briefly right before we started recording this, but uh, when we talk about like the market, because mm-hmm. I think there's a big fear too. You know, we've kind of been in like this boom cycle for a while, and I think people are. I even get nervous too. Like when I think about putting more money into investments, I'm like, oh, well, the market's going to correct itself soon. You know what do you what do you think about that? Do you think you kind of have to ignore it and just go for it and put money into it, or like do you do you want to be thinking about when you invest?
0: It really depends on your age and what the goal is. I mean, if you're 25 or 30 investing for retirement, are you really going to freak out if the market goes down in the next two years? I better hope not. I better hope you understand (laughs) this is long-term investing that you're doing. And part of it, the game is to take on that risk to get more return and you can't even touch the money anyway, so why are you freaking out? What you need to do is train yourself to think like the smartest investors, which is when the market does go down, unless your goal changed or your risk tolerance change, see it as a buying opportunity, see it as a time to double down and buy more. I mean, this is what Warren Buffett does. When the last Great Recession hit in 2008, 2009, he was swooping up companies left and right. Companies that he people were like, oh, no, they're never going to rebound. But he reviewed the financial statements of those companies and understood them from a long-term perspective or from a holistic point of view. And he didn't get caught up in the hype of the fear. There's so much fear wrapped up in investing and the Mm -hmm. financial world in general that you have to train yourself to think like the top 10%, top 1% with investing. And Again, understand what if (laughs) if there's a change in the goal and you need the money, well, first of all, you shouldn't be investing in the first place if you need the money in the short term. But unless those things are true, really, you don't freak out. You practice broad asset allocation. You think about maybe buying more because things are on sale. Right. I like that mentality of, yeah, things are on sale. It's easier to think about it with real estate, but it's harder to think about it with the stock market just because the stock market isn't, you can't see tangible things like real estate. You look at real estate in LA and logically you can say, oh, wow, this property in West Hollywood is Really, down right now, this is maybe a great time to buy when this home used to be two million now it's right. one and a half. This is good, but with the stock market when it happens, it's for some reason people don't think like that because I think it's just you don't see it. you mm-hmm. don't like feel it's an asset you own, it's paper money, it's really not it's not in front of you. So it's a little bit different, which is why you need to really manage your behaviors and your irrational fears. And really, quite frankly, the news is there to promote emotion in you. So Mm -hmm. if you're not already aware of that, become aware. (laughs) Their job is to say, the sky is falling, the world is ending. Right. To promote fear so you can come back and tune in tomorrow. Right. But If you're wise and you really calm yourself, you'll see. Oh, well, no, I'm I'm 29. I'm not retiring till I'm at least 60. So why would I panic right now? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's supposed to go down and go up. That's what it does. But on average, I mean, invested properly, the average return is going to be way better than what you could get in a savings account or under your mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I feel like we got a lot of information and I know that this is one of those topics that like we could sit here for hours and there's so much to learn. So if somebody wants to learn more about finances. Where can they Where can they find you? Where yes. can they milk you for resources? Yeah.
0: Come over to financiallywiseinc.com. You can see all our services, all our goodies. We have a new membership model that we're really happy about. This was something I've been wanting to do for the last six years since I started this company, and now's the time. And this is just a membership to provide you training in money areas, more resources, like the budget template that I talked about, like all the stuff that you need in order to thrive in your financial life will be in this membership. So it's valuable. And I always say, look, you pay for things because it also is showing like the universe that you're serious. And, you know, you got to pay for advice to get you to where you want to go. You got to pay to take care of your body. Like Mm -hmm. finances are important really important. You need money for the rest of your life. So pay, invest in yourself in the knowledge, whether it's our stuff or someone else's or invest time and money into reading books or taking courses, whatever it is, it's so worth it. And I think that's part of the same mentality, like understand it's an investment in yourself. So... Totally. And if you can spend fourteen dollars on a salad, <laughs> You, you better be it. willing to yeah. spend at least a hundred
1: bucks for some financial advice. Yeah, exactly. for out loud. yeah. All right, Brittany. Thank you so much. Thanks, I'm gonna include Sarah. your stuff in our show notes to find out more about you. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you took away some real resources and practices that you can actually implement in your financial life to make money a little less of a scary big problem. I don't know about you guys, but that whole thing about changing your mindset to thinking about how to bring in more income instead of just thinking about ways to cut back spending like left me shook. I feel like for the last decade, I've prided myself on being able to cut back really hard and be super frugal, but that's apparently operating from a place of scarcity. After this conversation with Brittany, I think I'm going to look at things a little differently and try to focus on attracting more money instead of just worrying about cutting back on things, you know? So who's with me on that? As always, I want to thank our guests, Ren Woods, Katie Peterson, and our expert, Brittany Castro. If you want to hear more from these ladies, I'm linking everything in our show notes. You can watch Ren Woods' show on Focus TV, check out Katie's blog, or get financial advice directly from Brittany. So click on the show notes for all of that good stuff. You can also connect with me at Big Kid Problems on Instagram or on my personal Instagram, Sarah A. Merrill. I truthfully love hearing from you guys and have really appreciated the positive feedback um, some of you have given me about the show so far. So thank you so much. And um, hopefully I'll see you next Tuesday. God, I love saying that so much. Yes, yeah, so we'll have a new episode next week. So I will see you then. Bye.